welcome to the Biohacker's Guide for Women Only. You are listening to The Art of Becoming Wonder Woman. I am Jessica Fernandez-Cruz. And I am Yen B. Trung. Life extension, longevity, biotech, digital health technology, and prevention are all the fields of health that we've been working in for over 15 years. We've worked alongside world-renowned physicians, Nobel laureates, experts, and top biohackers. We were at the forefront of a lot of the science that is being used today for biohacking. Our mission is to bring to you all this knowledge and information and create a biohacking community for women. Join us today on our journey into biohacking our bodies. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hello, Wonder Woman. Here we are back for another Wonder Woman conversation. Hi, Yenvi. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing, Jessica? I'm doing great. So today we're going to have a great topic. I'm excited. (laughs) This just came up. We think you guys are going to love it with us. So do let us know on our Facebook group. Join our Facebook group, by the way, The Art of Becoming Wonder Woman. And in the meantime, Yemvi was telling me about her leadership group. And why don't you go ahead and keep talking from where you were right now? Why don't I start off with what the thought process behind all of this was, was this week, for example, I started off, um, I guess you can say mentoring a, a young girl and very young, just out of college. And she had so much excitement and creativity in her, but she was lost on what to do with her life and where to go with her life. And so, you know, of course I sat there and the one thing I said to her is the one thing that you have right now that's going for you is time, right? Because you're 24 years old and you can do whatever the heck you want to do right now. And your 20s is made for you to make big mistakes and learn from those mistakes. And what are you going to take from it to go into your 30s and grow from it, right? But that's what the purpose of my 20s was, was just to do as much as I can, however I wanted, whatever I wanted, and then just grow from there, right? And that's why, how I started my startup journey was I want to get into a startup, do everything from the ground up, learn everything about a company, and then kind of grow from there. And then I, and then after that conversation, I had another conversation with a, a friend, and she's much older, and she said, Yenvi, you really built a lot of confidence in me the journey that I've had. Okay, so we've had our our journey together. And then in the leadership, women's leadership, I identified the same thing where I sat with these women who were entrepreneurs, leaders of companies, CEOs of large companies, and they're expressing their insecurities and how they're growing, right? And what I discovered was it didn't matter what age or where you were in your life or how powerful you are or where you are in the corporate ladder, there were always a level of insecurity within the female, regardless of the age, whether you're very young, out of college or in high school, or you're already in mid-level of your career, or you're much you're already successful from from anybody that would be looking at at you or having a conversation would think, man, this woman is powerful, she's confident. And she's a CEO or something, right? But then there's always these levels of insecurity. And I thought to myself, why is that? Why is there 
the 24-year-old would look at a powerful CEO and think, this woman has it all figured out. There's nothing that this person doesn't have, right? And strive to be like that person. But deep inside, there's this level of imposter syndrome. There's these things of not enough at some level. And so I thought to myself, what is it that I have to pinpoint? And what, how do we figure out, you know, what is it at the core that if I could say something or do something, it doesn't matter what age you are, or where you are, to help you build strength in yourself, you know? And so that's where I thought to myself, should I work with Jessica and do a, a seminar on women building, you know, internal strength for themselves? And if we could pinpoint what that is, we could really help a lot of women who, who would walk out of that seminar knowing exactly how to think or feel and moving forward in the next step of life or the next day or the next minute. I love it, Yemvi. I think this is so powerful and so true. Everything that you're saying is really resonating with my experience working with women executives. It's, it's that sense of how can such a powerful woman who people would think is like super strong and her mindset is, is in that growth mindset and always so. I would like to point out something is that despite this sense of insecurity, they are successful women though. It doesn't mean that they don't succeed, but it has like a level of insecurity that is constantly there. And it's interesting because one of the things that I notice or that I think is a reality, at least in our societies, in our Western societies, is this idea of protection that women are given growing up. And when we don't have that protection, it's up to us. And then we feel like we are not ready for that or that we don't deserve to be in that position. That is somebody else's position that I'm taking. The idea that I'm scared and therefore when I'm scared, I, I don't do things. The idea of failure, how we envision failure and how we think of failure. Is failure even something in your life? Do you, do you have an experience with it or do you avoid failure throughout your whole life? Is that why you're so successful? Because you'll find a lot of people who are super successful, but in a very unhealthy mindset because they're running away from failure all the time and their own inner conversation is all the time of, I'm not enough. I should be more. I'm not enough. I should be more. So they keep pushing themselves and pushing themselves. But when you go inside, it's a painful place to live in, really. So first of all, congratulations for the lives that you've touched, because I'm sure that these women that you're mentioning are now ready for that great life that you've uh, encouraged them to go and live. And I was wondering, now that you gave that example, what is that thing that you intuitively told this woman who thanked you the other day? What do you think was the thing that gave her that confidence? It always starts off with, what's the story you're telling yourself to be afraid Right, you're not doing something, or you're doing something because of a story that you've told yourself, and you're fearful of something. Right, um, just like the young girl that I I mentored, she, you know, she has everything in the world. The world is her oyster right now, right? And she was afraid, afraid of taking that next step, afraid of moving somewhere, afraid of going somewhere, afraid of doing something. And what is that fear? What what is the story that? we've put in our heads about moving forward into something, whether it's failing. And the biggest thing is, you know, a lot of people are afraid of failure. I think that's a story they put around failure. What is somebody going to think about me? What if I, 
if I, I disappoint my child, I disappoint my family, I disappoint my boss, right? What if I disappoint myself? And I think it's the story we tell ourselves about what failing looks like or not having, not meeting our expectations of the story that we put to ourselves. And I think that's the key. That's almost at the core is the story that we, you know, for me, I've embraced failure, actually fail forward. And that's the word I actually use is fail forward because, because you don't really fail. You actually learn, you know? And so I actually, the faster I fail and I've become a, a professional at failing <laughs> fast, right? And it's it's part of an engineering what you call being agile, right? Where you you fail very quickly and you learn from it, so you can iterate and make it better. And so when you think of okay, how fast can I fail and what can I learn from it and how do I make it better right away, right? And then you just keep it's like step by step, like taking one step forward. You're kind of like wobbly, and then you get better at it, right? And it's the same concept. And so that's the story I've told myself about failing, which is failing forward. And I think as women, we're afraid to fail. And we put up this story around what failure would look like in our life, where we're going to be homeless or that, you know, we're going to be by ourselves and lonely or that we're going to, you know, whatever the story is, it's, it's, I think it's around failure. And I guess there's also sometimes you, we were talking about this right before, so I'm just going to put everybody in the context, but also talking about, you know, the things we don't experience that we're not used to experiencing in our life. So for example, stories about women who marry a man who's a very successful entrepreneur, and then they're on their side, helping them with their project, but they never really dealt with their own project or took that risk themselves and so on. And then suddenly they find themselves probably in a divorce process or a separation. And now it's my time to take that chance. But we don't think that that is a step you take that has 50-50 chance of success and failure. And that's, that's how it works. There's nothing right or wrong with that. But we tend to just do it if we are completely certain about it. And those are steps that I think that are sort of like a step back. We look backwards and there's a lot of when you, at least when I work with women that are in that process, what I get a lot is talking about the past. And what you just said is so on point because that's really the whole thing that we want to like the mindset shift is you go back to learn, but you spent there maybe two minutes because what you want to do is take the lessons and then start looking forward and taking your steps forward. The more you stay and you start to lean in that past and you go backwards in the story because I used to and I used to, then I get stuck in the personality that I was at that time, the character that I was at that time. And today I have an opportunity, like you said to this young girl, I have an opportunity today to start fresh, to start from zero. We can go from here to the future. And if I want, I can carry the past, but I can also just leave it there and start from here right now, which is the great story about the woman that you were referring to that started her own thing. And she started selling a product. And in, in the beginning, this was all new to her and she was scared. And she built a lot of confidence around because it was something that she did on her own and she built for herself. And then she started seeing traction. It was her own thing. And having, when you possess something for yourself that you've never had and you breathe life into it, it's yours. And there's a lot of confidence. And that's why, you know, I, I get addicted to building businesses because it's, it's, it's like you own it. It's part of, it's, 
an idea to creation into something that's visible, visible and tangible and other people are, are getting the benefits of it. And so in entrepreneurship, when women have that ability and they're empowered by it, it's, it's so empowering for an individual to have something that they, they know that they took this idea and made something out of it for themselves. Right. And then you can't take that power away because at any point you even lose that, you can start again and have this idea. And now you know how to get it to a creation process. Right. And then you'll never, that fear of starving or failing. Yeah. You embrace the feeling, but that fear of never being stuck in a, a dead zone, right. With no way out is almost pretty much gone because you know that once you, you hit a hard, a rough patch, you can count on yourself almost to move forward every single time. You can count on yourself to to start a business and support the family. You can count on yourself to, you know, take an idea and to make it into something, into real life. And so it's it's very empowering. And I think that's where everything that circulates around me is is empowering women in entrepreneurship because, you know, we, we talk a lot about in my leadership we talk a lot about how women have the glass ceiling and they're not part of like large Fortune 100 companies, you know. And I said, well, the thing is, yes, that's true. But right now, we we have such a huge opportunity for, in entrepreneurship that women can take advantage of because these large corporations were started by men and they're going to hold control to whatever they they can at that level, right? And we're we're yes, it should be fair. And it should be, especially if it's a publicly owned company, but 93% of the, com- the businesses in the U.S. are small businesses and small entrepreneurs that make up the entire U.S. economy of, you know, dollars and cents moving in and out. And so they're, so the opportunity is so large for a woman to have something for themselves. And, and this is where, when I talk like this to individuals, this is where they're like, yeah, you know. I'm going to make something for myself. And they, they, they start to build confidence and they, they start saying, I've always had this idea and I want to bring it out into the world. And then that's where they, they start relying on themselves and then believing in themselves. And so I think that's, maybe that's a common thread. I don't know. That is. And I think there's, there's a great thing. It's a great point that you're making here. Like sometimes, and I think you told me this once as well, Anyway, I have a good friend who always says this to me, but I think you said this to me too, which is we, we tend to only look in our closest circle. So we think life is the way life is for the 10 or 20 people around us. And we forget that if we just like, if you put your hands in front of your face and this is what you're seeing, because those are the, the 10 people that surround you. And that's how life is. But now I say, open those arms and see the whole world that is waiting for you. Now, in your case, you're making an example of a huge country that has so much to offer. And there's so many things that you haven't tried yet, that you don't know about yet, that you haven't approached. There's so many people that you haven't met yet that you could give yourself the opportunity to meet. And all of these things that once you open up, then it's sort of like you go up a level. And I think that is also a threshold that we hit in our closest circle. We create the belief system of our closest circle. And then we think, oh, I should do what everybody else is doing. I think the other very important thing here, if you're looking to change something or create like a, a new life or, or an entrepreneurship program, is to really question the way people think 
around you in the sense you might go and ask for advice to a person who has never done what you're about to do. So make sure who you're asking that question to. Maybe you need to meet somebody new because nobody in your circle has done it. But that doesn't mean that you cannot do it. It just means nobody in your circle did it. But there's people out there who have. So go and find them. And there's plenty of ways right now on, you know, through the internet or in our communities, there's always a way where you can find somebody who is in your place or learning. And I feel that many times the one thing that is scary is in those circles where nobody has done it. You create this this inner conversation where you're very afraid to fail because it looks like everybody's going to point you with the finger saying, you see, you should have never tried that. And that's the one thing that I feel once you start talking to other people and looking at the world from new eyes, then you sort of, I don't want to say you forgive because that is a little condescending, but you let it be the way it is. You let them think the way they think, but you can step up like we always say, right? Step up and you step up that mindset and say, you know what? I'm going to bring in a new way of looking at this and I need to learn it. So let me find the person that can help me create that new way of looking at it. And what you do is so important because actually that's what you're bringing into all these women. And if you ask like Sarah Blakely or... Yeah, let's talk about Sarah Blakely. I was waiting for it. <laughs> so here's the thing is like even when she she talks about when she had her idea, she didn't tell anybody about her idea for a whole year. So you know I have the radio show The Hour to Empower. And the other day I talked about Sarah Blakely and then I talked about my friend Yen Vitrong, who's the closest friend I know who is like Sarah Blakely. <laughs> I said, I don't know Sarah Blakely, but I know Yemi Trong. Thanks. Yes, that's so sweet. One of the reasons why I love Sarah is because she was able to build an empire without partnerships or raising capital, just full on bootstrapping with her own money, funding it herself. And that's almost unthinkable in business today of where you just grassroots, you know, build a business dollar by dollar and strategically invest that dollar correctly into your business without needing people to come in and taking away your power. And you're, you know, and I'm not saying that having partners is, is bad at all because they bring a partnership, you know, the right partners in place will excel a company. But when I look at an individual that has the ability to do something at that nature, at that capacity, it's like, wow. It's, you know, it's, it's pretty amazing. But outside of the, just the entrepreneurship part, what I was about to mention was that her first year of space, when she came up with the idea, she knew not to ask people because just like anybody, like you look at, you know, Ford, the, the, the famous quote that he said is, if I asked somebody, you know, what they wanted, they would have told me they wanted a faster horse. Right. And so when you come up with these things, you can't ask people to give you the right answer because you're the creator. You're the one that's saying, I found a problem and I'm going to solve that problem. If the problem, if somebody saw, knew what the, how to solve that problem, they would have done it already. But if you, you found a way to solve that problem, then asking other people whether that's the way to do it is the wrong way because they don't know how to solve it. You have to solve it. Right. I don't know if that's, I'm going in circles right now, but. The, the solution has to come from you, at least until you can get it out to market and test it with people. But 
that's the reason why she waited because she she knew that the people people were going to tell her you know naysayers and people were going to throw her and she was not at that level or she was not that entrepreneur yet that was confident enough in herself to say oh you know I'm going to keep going so she knew within herself that she didn't want to be discouraged so if you for example if I started a business right now I would be confident enough understanding when people put down my product or service or what they have to say because I would take it as a way for me to make the product better. But if you're starting off and then you say, oh, I want to start this business or this idea and somebody puts it down, you're not at that level where you're you're like, oh, I know how to iterate on this and, and fix this. You're like, oh man, it's a bad idea. So I'm going to quit, right? And so we have to get to that point where we're so confident in our abilities to take criticism and feedback as well. But we're not there yet at the beginning. <laughs> but we're just starting. But this is important because it's a point that you make that people struggle with. I mean, people, we, every single human being has struggled with at a certain point in their lives, which is how do you deal with other people's opinions and how much does that have to do with your self-image and your self-esteem? And learning to let go of that and creating that self-love conversation that is always stronger than anybody else's opinion or feedback or whatever it is, is the first step for me to be able to do that, what you were, which you were mentioning, because sometimes we don't work on ourselves before, and then we're mixing two things. It's your opinion on my idea is hitting my self-esteem. It's like, okay, wait, this got all messed up right there, but it happens so much. And it's the main reason why we give up. We're like, oh, I'm not doing this because it hurts. If it's hitting my self-esteem, it's going to hurt how I feel. It's different to me having an idea, knowing that there will be people out there who won't know what I'm talking about and keep pushing forward. And those are things where I feel entrepreneurs, the mindset of an entrepreneur is like, I want to say 80% of their success, if not more. Because you need to know how to keep going, how to fail, how to stay strong, how to find the people. And it's the work you need to do as well. You know, it's not just the business that you need to learn, but it's also the mindset you need to build up little by little. And sometimes you need to fail to build that strength. That happens many times as well. But definitely, I feel that also the idea of failure, going back to what we were talking about in the beginning was interesting because we mentioned the other day we recorded a podcast on feminine and masculine energy that was super interesting by the way so when you finish this one you go back to that one but there's also a point about that that I think is important to to mention when women want to enter this business world and how they're going to enter this world and I think Sarah Blakely explained this in one of her interviews I I think you heard that too about how she decided to maintain her feminine energy and not fall into the masculine energy of the business environment 24-7. And that was one thing that she committed to and she was able to do it. She still does it today and she maintains a little bit of that feminine energy in her business. And that means for her that there's vulnerability, that it's an open environment, that there's compassion, that we can talk about feelings in my environment And those are the things that if we're not aware of them, they start hitting us in our self-esteem. And 
being aware of these things helps us build that strength so that we don't have to feel like, oh, we're being attacked. No, that's just masculine energy pushing in like the way they, but if we know how to deal with that, then it's more like a wave that goes up and down and, and doesn't stop me because it, when it hurts, it stops us. Yes. Yes. It paralyzes the individual. And, and that's where it does take a very, I would say, I remember Elon Musk, when he, somebody asked him about entrepreneurship, he said, don't do it. It's very painful. <laughs> and it can be. And it is, you know, depending on what well, you have to imagine, depending on the size of the problem you're trying to solve, right? If the problem is smaller, then the solution, you're going to solve the problem much quicker. But when you look at what Elon Musk is doing, where he's trying to, you know, solve the environmental issues, go to Mars, you know, space rockets and landing it again and all this stuff. Those are huge endeavors he's taking. And so his roller coaster is a high, the highest that it can be and the lowest it can be, right? With big stakes. And so for him, it's painful. And so we look at entrepreneurship and we look at the problems we've had to solve and we say, well, you know, that's where I am right now as well is, What's my next moonshot problem I want to solve? What's my new, next moonshot company? Because I, I haven't figured out the biggest problem I want to solve yet. I know it's going to be painful once, but it's going to be something that's going to move me. It's going to be something that I'm going to be so obsessed with to solve, right? And that's where you really find a lot of passion and you wake up in the morning. As an entrepreneur, you wake up in the morning, you're so excited. So even though the roller coaster, right, the lows are so low and so painful as well. Um, but the highs are just as as high. But it takes the same amount of energy to solve a big problem, but to be the best at being the, the best dry cleaner in the state of Florida versus solving the ability to go to Mars. Because you use the same amount of calories and brain energy to solve those problems. You, the only difference is your focus is different. You, you're more focused on a bigger problem versus the person that's focused on being the best dry cleaner in the state of Florida, but physically and energetically, you're using the same amount of physical energy of the body. So when we think about how to solve a problem, we say, what do we want to put our energy, right? And remember that you're spending, spending a lot of energy. And so where are you putting your energy? This is the other thing that is important is like the first thing when we approach a new idea, a new concept of how we're going to project ourselves in the world and we're going to make money and we're going to build a business. There's these fears coming in. And what you just mentioned is so important because if you have something that is you're so passionate about, it's easier for you to keep pushing yourself because you don't want to give up on that. You want to stay there. You're enjoying it. You're doing it. It's a bigger thing. It's it's something bigger than you. And it doesn't have to be necessarily a huge purpose in life. When I say it's something bigger than you, it's more that that energy that is pushing you. For example, I'll put my own example. I love the radio. I I want to be in the radio. I want to be in television. I don't know what's going to happen with my life. But there is a place there where I know that if I keep going, it gets better and it keeps getting better. So I've given myself the opportunity of starting at zero euros per show to starting to get paid to then getting a daily show. And this was a whole process that has been going on through two years where in two years ago, I could have said to you, Yemvi, this is not working. They're not paying me, but I loved it so much that I just kept learning and I kept improving and it ended up being something that now I can say, Hey, I'm making money on this. This is actually real right now. 
but there's that that thing what you just said it's like that thing that just draws me to it but then you can also have the idea of creating a project that you know you know how to do and that you can do good business in which is also a great way of doing it but these are the things that you need to question yourself so that you can really see what's going to stop you where are you going to be inhibited what are you going to do to push yourself when you feel stuck who are you going to go to i think this is another great thing to mention is who's your support system you need a support system don't do this without a support system so for example i have mentors that i always know that i can call and be like hey can you grab coffee and i'll sit down and i'm and then they'll you know it's in business and we'll grab dinner with the family and stuff like that but there are people where you call them your mastermind group, right especially in business what mastermind is and then you you have people as well that are emotionally supportive and you know that they're emotionally supportive because you feel good when you, when you leave a conversation with them or when you sit with them, it's not the other way where you walk away and you're like, you feel drained or you feel like defeated, right? And so you want, so you find those people in your back pocket that you always know that when you need that hit of either a mastermind group to a sounding board for business, um, an idea that you know that they're going to guide you and, and support you through that. The other side of it is the emotional support of a friend that's, or a family member or a spouse or somebody that you know that every time that they won't judge you, but every time though that you walk away, they're, they're just there to listen even. And that's all you need sometimes is somebody for you to just to listen to you. And that's it. Because what I've learned is that a lot of times I'll talk my way through my own problem or my own emotion. And I just needed a person as a sounding board. And while I'm talking, I was just like, oh, I figured it out. Oh, I feel better now. You know, and it's like, there wasn't even anything that the person had to say to me. It was just like me having to verbalize it and hear it for myself, you know, out of my own head. And sometimes it's, it just takes that. And so that, that support in the back pocket is so important on every level. Sure. You know, and I also say like, this is really the thing where you listen to people or, or people listen to you. And what you just mentioned is also so important, especially when you're by yourself and you're starting your own thing. Find those people who listen to you because it's easy to find people who have the best advice and they'll tell you exactly what you need to do. But sometimes all you need is to put out that, those ideas out there and your thoughts and whatever is going on and that's it. And there's few people in our lives who actually just sit and listen and say, good job. And it's a skill as well. I mean, listening is a skill and that everybody has that skill. So it's not so easy to find out there, especially people want to solve and they want to be quick and not spend too much time. But I, I was also just thinking about how, you know, there's, there's this, the, the first step, that first moment, right? Because we're going like now far into the process, but that first moment and this thing from Tony Robbins comes to my head, the, the quote that he says that, the quality of your life equals the amount of uncertainty that you can comfortably deal with. And in this case, especially when you're going to talk about, you know, starting a new company or, or getting into a new project in your life, it's important to become familiar with the idea that whatever is coming in the future to create a positive view on the future, even though the fear will start to jump in and create these thoughts and you like, you can also shift those thoughts and start to have hope for the future, see it as something better than the present, 
because our tendency is to think that the future is a threat. But the reality is the future is normally better than the present in general. That's, that's, I mean, last year we were in a worse situation than we are this year and next year will be even better, right? It, it, it all depends on, uh, I always go back to the story that you tell yourself. You can say that last year was a horrible year, but then many of us got the opportunity to be with our family more than we would have ever been, had the opportunity to spend with our family, right? In the same house with our children, even though it was the big, you know, the virtual school and it was horrible. But the fact that we went through this day to day where you drop your kids off at school and you went to work, you came back, you had an hour with your family before you went to bed and then you repeat, rinse, repeat, right? And now all of a sudden we're thrown into this mix of being around each other and having to communicate and look at each other and figure out how we're going to enjoy each other. That's one. And then I think that's one of the reasons why Right now, you know, the whole staffing situation in America is so crazy is because people realize that I don't want to sit in an office all day. There's so much I can do right now. And it really shifted our mindset. And I think a lot of people really looked at COVID as an opportunity as well to to self-evaluate. And there are women that I spoke to that during that period where they were stuck in a condo by themselves, right? They were like, I guess I'll just have to work on myself and go through this pain. I don't know why I have this pain in my body, not physically, but just, you know, the issues that I, I, I put myself in the suffering. I put myself, I'm, I'm going to solve it through this period since I, ha- I have the ability to do so now because I'm not doing anything. And so I spoke to a lot of women that took that opportunity too. And so we want to say, what are we making out of it? Even if the future comes, you know, it could be the worst situation that we tell ourselves right now. But when we're at, when we're faced with it, we always end up coming out of it. Really, we conquer it unless you just kind of like lay down and not do anything and cry, right? And not do anything. But we always end up, you know, coming up on, on top. That's just the way I, I guess that's my story. That's a powerful mindset because that's exactly what, what I was mentioning about how you look at the future. Now, if you, you have this concept in you, this belief where, you know, we always end up more powerful. We always learn something from it. We always go, whatever you do, you have that vision on it anyway, right? I think there's also a point for me to be made here about starting something new. Like you and I have given ourselves the opportunity to start over again several times. Like the more you do it, the more you sort of build a muscle and the less afraid you become to start things, right? And and I love that because it gives me at least a sense of confidence of whatever I'm doing now, I have no idea if in 10 years I'll be doing the same thing or maybe I'm doing something totally different wherever life takes me. I know I can you know, build up the knowledge. I will learn. I don't know if I'll be as good as I am at this or less. It doesn't matter. I know I can figure out a way. And I think that If it's just for that, give yourself the opportunity to go through that process. Because even if if it doesn't work out, there's always so much personal growth in it that you don't get anywhere else. That is like, for me, the best personal growth you can get. And then there's Sarah Blakely. And she talks about how failure, what she was saying about failure, how when she was growing up at her parents' house, Her father, when they came from school, would ask them, where did you fail today? And then he would get upset if nobody had anything to say about, oh, I tried this and it didn't work, or I tried that and it didn't work. So she always says that she built a mindset around failure where failure was appreciated. And she never saw failure as something scary. 
And the one thing that I think comes out of that, and I'm, now I'm looking at like analyzing that, is you let go of perfectionism as well. And this is very important because we have a tendency to not start unless we have everything figured out. And everything means it has to be perfect. And you know this. I mean, you've started things in such a great way and they've evolved and they're completely different to when you started and you didn't have everything figured out in the beginning. But that's probably the one thing that I would also say that like, perfectionism is an enemy of entrepreneurship and getting started. Uncert embrace uncertainty, welcome the future. There's this, this term called perfection, which is crazy to me, right? And, and I, you know, people would call me a perfectionist. And, you know, when I look at that and I say, I think to myself, it's the word perfectionist, it's a word that somebody else made. The idea of whatever it is, it could be the dishes being really clean, or it's, it's a comparison to somebody else's idea that we're trying to live by, right? And so, so I look at it as, you know, if you're going to create something new, you're going to do something, it, you can't live by other people's expectation because that's what perfection is. It's somebody who set the path already and you're just trying to live by their path. You're trying to live by what they created already and they called and they made it. Just like if you wanted to go out and build an iPhone, you're going to try to build an iPhone like Steve Jobs did. And then you're going to be like, oh man, this is not great because it doesn't look like Steve Jobs' iPhone, right? So it's not perfect. That's how I would analyze, you know, compare it is that you're trying to build something and create something that somebody already did and they call it perfect. So you think that's perfect, but it's not. It's you're in a world where you're allowed to do whatever the heck you want to do and however, and call it perfect if you want. I could have a half usable iPhone and call it, this is perfect. And I'll tell you why it's perfect, you know, and, but I made a story on why it's perfect and I'm going to go sell it to somebody and tell them why it's perfect. And they're going to buy it, even though it only does half of the things that iPhone did. But that's my, my point is that we, we try to build up against somebody else's idea that, that they made up and then we, we suffer for it. And so once we release ourselves of, the ideas that other people made up of what the word perfection really means, we realize that it doesn't even matter because all we're doing is comparing ourselves to something that somebody else made up. And it goes back to how I relate to other people's opinions of me and how I can take that or not. Because of course I want it to be perfect so that everybody will say how perfect it is. Right. And, and that we, you want to release that train of thought because the problem with with perfectionism, and this is the greatest pain of a perfectionist, and hey, here I am. I mean, I am an ex-perfectionist, <laughs> is that you want to control everything. And that's the, the worst thing about, about perfectionism, where you suffer, because control creates the stress. And again, if you're controlling, you're not dealing with uncertainty. If you're controlling, you would need to follow a plan. So the problem with that, again, is... If I'm not fitting the plan, then it's not working. And that is not true. That is, again, that narrow-minded way of looking at it where there's a big picture that you're not seeing because you're so in your plan that you're controlling so much that you're not seeing that right in front of you, there's a guy who wants to buy your product, but you're not listening because you're controlling your plan, right? And these are the things that, that happen to perfectionists. You don't allow creativity. You don't allow, there's no space for 
for a break, for pause. Uh, the speed of things in perfectionism are extremely painful. Everything has to happen. It has to be efficient. It has to be quick. So if anybody listening relates to this, I, I would say the first thing to work with, because it's not easy. I mean, there are many things that I just mentioned. So it's like a, many parts of us that we need to work on if we're perfectionists. But what am I trying to control? And how can I right now at this moment, just let go of that control? Let me experience what it's like not to control. And as you start doing this over and over again, you realize that that control has no use, really. There's no need to control things. Things are going to happen and you're going to do them. And sometimes they'll be perfect. and Sometimes they won't. You're going to get the same results. And that's the beauty of letting go of this perfectionism because then you can relax and you can focus and you can be fully present with what's going on. You're not looking at the future all the time, you know? The, the best book I ever re read that really changed, shifted my mindset on letting go was Michael Singer's The Surrender Experiment. Best hands down for me, at least, that shifted my mindset on, it's called The Surrender Experiment, where things just happen and the way it was supposed to and always worked well, even though there were very four moments in, in Michael's life, like very low moments in his life, but the way he looked at it and the way he embraced it and the way he just kind of flowed through the situation, he just kind of surrendered to, to the situation. And there's no other way for me to explain how that process worked other than to read that book, because that was, I would say the changing moment in my life was reading that book and realizing that things happen around you and we're just energy and we're going to pull in the right energy as we need. Right. But, but when we try to control it, it doesn't, there's, you're not going to get what you want by controlling it either, you know, and you suffer more for it. And so it's, it was just a beautiful way of, of living the way he had it explained it and the way he lived his life through that surrender. And so that that's definitely a, a, one of my life-changing books that I've read. I totally agree. I love that book. And definitely for anybody who's in this moment thinking of letting go of control and figuring out what surrender really is, because I think there's also a misunderstanding with surrender, which is like giving up or not taking something seriously enough or something like that. That's not it. Like surrender that's when you really, really are seriously focusing on what's important. And this book is really that, that journey that takes you through that and helps you understand it because we could do a whole podcast on surrender, but I think it's something you need to experience. And it really feels so light once you can let go of that tension that, that, that control gives you all the time where you need to make sure that the next step is decided and all that. And it doesn't mean that you don't care about the next step. It's just you have an idea of the next step and it might be or not that next step. And you're open to whatever happens in that moment because it might be better than the step that you thought you had in mind. That's amazing. Yemvi, Yemvi, I can't believe it, but it's time to go. So to sum up, what are like the key, key thoughts, key thoughts? Key thought is what's the story that you're, you're putting around fear, I would say, right? Fear to move forward, fear to do something for yourself, fear to fear to take that next step, fear of why are you living in anxiety? Why are you stressed? What is 
there's a fear behind it. I think that's the, the core of a lot. We, just, we have this fear that sits somewhere inside of us and then we build some story around it. And so I would say that think about that. If you feel that you're kind of stuck and you're not happy with how to move forward. Love it. And I would add as my key thought for today, put a smile on your face, look right in front of you and think that that's the future. And just believe that the future brings a smile on your face. And from that space, start making decisions. And you guys, we'll keep going and talking about this, about the event that might be happening. Yemvi, you're going to have to let us know in our Facebook group. So remember to join the Facebook group, um, The Art of Becoming Wonder Women. We're waiting for you there. Give us some feedback and uh, we'll be back soon with another show. Thank you so much. Have a great day, Yemvi. Thank you. Have a great day, everyone. Bye. You've been listening to The Art of Becoming Wonder Women, the podcast. Thank you for being a part of our community. If you haven't yet, join our private Facebook page and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join us next week for another Wonder Women conversation. Our podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any question you may have regarding a medical condition.